Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, we want to welcome you to Life Family Church, and the word life is in parentheses. Praise God. Amen. And so I'm, I'm Dr. Jack Myers. This is my wife, Pastor Marie. And I have my wonderful son and daughter and my grandbaby, my grandson, Bubblicious, <laughs> playing with all the toys in the back. So I asked Pastor Josh if you would come and uh, take up this morning's ties and office. Come on, Seth. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Josh. Good morning. Good morning. Are you glad to be in the house of God this morning? <laughs> oh, come on. You could do a little bit better than that. All right, this side got a little bit louder. What about this side? You glad to be in the house of God this night? Wow, what are we going to do now? Are you glad to be in the house of God this morning? All right, that sounds good. That sounds good. Let's jump right in. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 11. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to jump right in here. It'll be real brief. Proverbs chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 24 through 25. As you're turning in the pages, turn to your neighbor and say, You look good this morning. Don't forget about your other neighbor. Tell them the same thing. <laughs> Proverbs eleven twenty four. Are we there? All right, let's read. And uh, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, Proverbs eleven twenty four. Give freely and become more wealthy. That sounds good, right? Be stingy and lose everything. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. It's always interesting how the word of God is always contrary to the world. The world is like if you keep, you're saving. And if you're giving away, you're losing. But the word of God is if you're keeping, you're losing. But if you're giving, you're gaining. That sounds good to me, right? So I have a little illustration here this morning. And um, let's, who, who am I going to pick on this morning? Andrew. <laughs> Alright, so we have some lovely red kidney beans. Alright, we're going to have some uh, beans tomorrow. Just kidding, I'm just using this as an illustration. Alright, so we have one bean here, alright? So Andrew, go ahead and put out your hand. See, this is how God works, alright? He says that if you're given, you receive. And if you hold, you're going to lose. But if you're given and you receive... And you release, don't, don't release it. If you release, you start gaining. So see, God gives us this one seed to sow into the ground. And if we release it, it does what? It starts producing. See, this seed has the power to produce. Only when it's released does it have the power to produce. When it's held, it only has the potential to produce. But when it's released, it has the power to produce. See, the word of God says he's given us the power to get wealth. That power is in our hands. But if we hold, we lose. But if we give, we gain. So God gives us this seed in our hands. And we receive that seed. But sometimes we have a tendency to hold on to it. But God... He's so gracious and loving and he wants to continue to bless us. Keep close there. And he's holding on to it and the blessings of the Lord are coming in our lives and nothing's getting in. See, we have a closed off hand to God's blessings and we don't even realize it. See, he's so gracious. He's so loving. He's so kind. He's just going to keep on trying to give into our lives, but we're closed off to it. Now let's go back to one bean here. Open up here. Now what he's received. Now just turn your hand over and release it. Turn your hand back over and receive. Now release. 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 See how good good God is? But you see, God doesn't have a shortage of beans. Okay. Some of you are like, Pastor Josh, I only have beans to give. (laughs) But God doesn't have a shortage of beans. He continually, abundantly, beyond all measure, above all 
you can ask, think, or imagine. And if you just receive and release and release and receive and release and receive and release, that God is more than enough. That everything he's given, you can prosper abundantly above all you can think or imagine. Now, God's got more than this, but I don't have more than this. Okay. Now, are you ready to give this morning? That you, what you've received, release. What you hold in your hand has the power to produce. But if you keep holding it, it only has the potential to produce. What you receive, you release. Turn to your neighbor and say, receive and release. Thank you, Andrew. Can you get something to sweep this up a little bit? Thank you. Pastor, come on. Andrew. <laughs> He's going to find his blessing weeks from now in here. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Go ahead, uh, if, you, uh, if you have uh, tithes or offerings this morning, lift your hand. We'll get an offering envelope to you. Offering envelope. <clears throat> and listen, you thought you had something that you were going to give this morning, but you're wrong. Ask the Lord this morning what he wants you to give. Amen. Don't just give out of habit. Give out of your heart. Amen. Don't give out of habit. Give out of your heart. Amen. So take a moment and ask the Lord what you, he wants you to give this morning. Not what you thought you should give this morning or what you habitually give this morning. Ask him what is in his heart to give from your heart. Amen. So take a second. And ask the Lord. Thank you, Mr. Don. You can keep all these if you like. <laughs> you know, who wants to have a powerful, impactful financial future? Amen. Amen. Just some of you guys, who wants to have a powerful, impactful future financially? You know, if what you sow in the present doesn't affect your present, do you think it will affect your future? So if you're sowing a little bit here and that's not going to really affect your present financial state, do you think that it'll affect your future financial state? But if you really give something that is going to be impactful into your financial present state, that's whoo! Shaking in my bones, I'm giving this. Then it's going to shake and rattle and roll in the future. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So what you give in the present, if it impacts that present, it's going to impact your future. Amen. All right, whatever you have, Pastor, you want me to pray over it? Okay. Lift your offering to heaven. It's where your help comes from. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to sow this morning. The seeds that we've received, we release them, Father. And thank you, Lord, that as we are obedient of receiving and releasing, we will continually receive above and beyond all that we could ask, think, or imagine. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to sow this morning, that it goes into good ground, that the seed that is being planted into this church, into this kingdom of God, it will produce much fruit in our lives and in the kingdom of God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning, Life Family Church. Um, happy Father's Day to each and every father that is in this building. Thank you for coming to church and thank you for putting God first today. We, we could not do it without you. Um, so my name is Chrissy. I am a children's minister here alongside my um, my husband, Andrew. And if this is your first time here, we are so glad you, that you're here. And on behalf of Life Family Church, we just want to say thank you. Um, you should have received, um, or thank you for coming and welcome, of course. You should have received a welcome packet. And on the inside of that, we have a information card. If you can please fill that out and return it to the source center where you got it, which is right outside these doors, we have a gift for you. 
Connect group. We have that this Tuesday at six o'clock. Doors are opening. Um, we come together and basically we have leaders throughout or in our church that come and bring a message. We just recap basically everything that we um, have gone through that pastors have taught us on Sundays, and we get to talk about it, discuss it, how we apply it to our lives or what we've learned differently, that kind of thing. We really get to come together as a family and get to know each other. And of course, we bring food, so we get to eat and enjoy that as well. So it's a good time. So coming out six o'clock, we roughly begin around six thirty. Um, also, we have missions coming up. Our missionaries, we are an amazing church, and this is an amazing ministry, but we also get to go out and reach the lost. Our pastors give us an opportunity to go each and every year, and we get to go you know, overseas, and this year we're going to the Dominican. Um, one of the things that we are asking, this is the last week, so we are we almost have all of these bags. These bags are, I think we got them at, T, not TJ Maxx, Marshalls. And they are only a dollar. So what we're asking is that if um, you have time this week during office hours, which is going to be Tuesday through Thursday, 1 to 5.30, we'll be here. If anybody wants to drop off any of these bags, we are going to give them to the families in the Dominican. Um, they don't have grocery bags. Is that correct? Or it's hard for them you know, so basically, um, they whenever they go grocery shopping, we get to give these as a blessing to them so that they can pr- help provide for their family. You know, get it to and from. Awesome. So don't forget to check your con- your connection, which is through our email bulletin. Um, if you are not connected, we can help you get connected. And so Andrea is a part of our productions team, and she's going to go over a few things with you. Good morning, everyone. So um, each week, I have the opportunity to talk to you guys about something, a new way to get connected. So as Chrissy was saying, our Connections and email is a great way, um, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram, and we have different um, channels with pastors, and they have a personal page where they're always encouraging us and always putting out fresh word, um, and then we always update you guys on anything that's changed or that's happening here at uh, Life Family Church. So if you miss Sunday or if you can't remember like me by Tuesday, then you can always just like check up on the um, Facebook or Instagram, and if you have any questions on getting on, it's really simple. You can just see me afterwards so that we can just stay connected. Um, And then also, special for Father's Day, we have a photo booth outside. So before you leave, get the family together or take one for Dad. Awesome. And last but not least, we also, here at this church, we get the privilege of having Life Christian University. We're a campus here, and this or tonight we have graduation. So, um, of course, those who are graduating, make sure you're here at 4.30 for rehearsal. And then come and join us to celebrate our graduates. We have Mr. Mel as our guest speaker, so he's going to be coming with an amazing message. And then we have refreshments following. So um, look forward to seeing you tonight. Yeah, you do not want to miss tonight. Um, How many of you are familiar with the passages of Scripture that list the ministry gifts? In Corinthians and Ephesians. And so we, most of us are familiar with the fivefold offices, which is the smallest percentage of the body. But in, in those passages of scripture, they list other ministry gifts. And I would say uh, the gift of the exhorter is probably one of the most unknown and definitely maybe unseen gifts in our, in the era that we live in, just because simply it's not usually taught or recognized. But um, if you've never seen that gift function, then you want to come tonight because my dad has the gift of an exhorter. It's a ministry office, just not a five-fold office. But oftentimes, a gift of an exhorter actually works hand-in-hand with an evangelist. Uh, They exhort people to be saved, but naturally, their gift is of exhortation. So uh, although uh, my father, not just because he's my dad, but I just don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to receive the impartation that that ministry gift will have for your life, whether you're a student or not, come and celebrate with us and support these students, but uh, God places those bo- those gifts in the body that we would profit. So uh, to profit, though, Paul said you had to show up in person. There were some things that you uh, could not receive and he could not impart. He said, I desire to see you. Then I may impart a spiritual gift. So tonight we have a special ministry gift among us, and I'm excited for you all to receive that. And of course, we have cake, too. Let them eat cake, always. And today, if you're going to the mission field with us, you guys know we're leaving Saturday morning, so please keep the missionaries in prayer, but Pastor is going to lay hands on you and impart to you uh, in this service this morning. Pastor. Amen, amen. All right, let me have all the fathers stand, please. All the fathers, you are a father. Please stand. Let's give them a hand, please. These guys are warriors. They're in church. They love the Lord. Real men serve God. Can you say amen? Thank you, gentlemen. We honor you. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, if you would, please. I want to talk to you this morning about men of steel and men of velvet. 
men of steel and of velvet. It's okay to have a strong hand, gentlemen, but have a soft touch. Amen. That's a real man right there. Men of steel and velvet. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You see, God created men to be leaders. God created women to be helpers. Guys, we were made from the dust of the earth, the dirt. Women were created out of us. So therefore, it's not in a man to be a woman. It's not in a man to be a woman. I don't care if you change everything cosmetically and all that kind of stuff. When you stand before the throne of God, a man will be a man and a woman will be a woman. And God created us to be leaders. And in the society we live today, our society makes men to be wimps, sissies that wear pink lace. But I got good news. Not in this room today. I got mighty warriors. I got men, real men. A man's man that knows how to take care of business. He needs to take care of business. Ladies, you have, you're looking at men in here who love the Lord or they wouldn't be here today. They're leading your families. They're leading your children and they're being in the example that they need to be not only in the church but also in the world. I'm amongst real men today. In today's society, it says men are weak, weak weak-minded, men who are not leaders of their homes, not leaders in the community, not leaders in the church. But today, we're showing them wrong because I have real men in this room right now. God designed men to be leaders. It is in men to be born leaders. There is not a feminine nature in a man. God took woman out of man, so it's not in a man to be a woman. God took woman out of man and never put it back. So let's take a look at men of steel. What are men of steel? Let's look at the Bible, what it says. It's a, man, a man of steel is a man of strength, endurance, tempered of fine steel. He assumes responsibility for himself and his family, but he's also a builder of society. It is a masculine man, aggressive, determined, decisive, and independent, but not independent of God, interdependent with God. He is a competent in his task, fearless and courageous in the face of difficulty, and a master of situations. He has conviction and lives by his convictions. He sets high goals and requires dedications and patience to meet them. He rejects softness and timidity. You don't believe so. Come watch us do jujitsu on Wednesday nights. We don't hurt one another. We learn the techniques. But we like to put people in rear vascular restraints. <laughs> Hoorah! Yeah. Amen. What is a rear vascular restraint? Come and learn. We'll teach you the way. We'll show, <laughs> we'll show you later. When he makes a decision based on his judgment, biblical judgment, he is unbendable as a piece of steel. He remains steadfast, his conviction even under pressure. A man of honor and integrity, a learned, self-disciplined man. In addition to this, he has achieved a feeling of confidence and peace. Don't mistake confidence from arrogance. When a man is confident in something, he will complete it. Even though the world says opposite, God says different. He created man to reign and to rule in this life. And he put the inertness of that reigning and ruling and authority on the inside of him. So ladies, I want to encourage you, if your man loves the Lord and he's leading you, follow that man. Follow him. It's very rare today that men are in church. But today we have real men in church. Follow them. They're serving the Lord. They love the Lord. They understand the spiritual responsibility of leading their families. And ladies, if your husband is not in church, hello. Continue to believe God. By your godly living, may you be an example to him that you can actually turn his heart. Ladies, you have to be very, very careful about turning the heart of your man. I'm serious. Eve turned the heart of Adam because he didn't want to be alone. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. So you have to be very careful, ladies. 
If that man is reading his Bible, if that man is praying, if that man is taking you to church, if that man is leading you, he's doing it because his heart's right. Will he make mistakes? Absolutely. But you know what? He's a responsible man and he'll make up for those mistakes. I'll just tell you that right now. Because that's what real men do. Be careful about emasculating that man. Make sure you respect him. Make sure you honor him. You ought to thank him on a regular basis. Thank you for leading our family. Thank you for reading your Bible. Thank you for working as hard as you work. Because today that is kind of a rarity, but not in this room today. Real men serving the Lord and serving their families. They are men of steel. What is a man of velvet? It includes a man's gentleness, tenderness, kindness. Proverbs says, what is desired in a man? It's his kindness. See, you can be a man of steel. You can have a hard hand, but you can have a gentle touch. And it's the gentle touch, gentlemen, that will lead your wives. Even when your wives are going through whatever they go through, and they go through a lot today. There's a lot of pressure put on women today. A lot. That actually they were never designed. Come on, hello somebody. And it is Satan who has twisted society. And he's twisted it into thinking. So gentlemen, you can have a hard hand, but also have a gentle touch. Like I said in the book of Proverbs, it says, What is desired in a man is his kindness, his generosity, and his patience. A man of velvet is devoted to care and protection of women and children. I'm just going to tell you right now, if I ever saw a man hit a woman, that would be the end of that day. I would lose my salvation, and then I would give my heart after I beat the crap out of him. I'd give my heart back to God. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Lay a hand on a woman in my presence. I will be stealth. I will come up behind you. You won't even know what hit you. It would be a Mack truck passing through. Praise God. Amen. A man of steel, but a man of... I would do it as gently as I could. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Devoted to care and protection of women and children. He understands a gentle nature and he sees the benefit to his masculinity. You have to understand, gentlemen, that women are the weaker vessel. It's my personal opinion. I don't think women ought to be in the military. It's my personal opinion. I don't think women ought to be police officers. And if they do, I don't think they need to be on the front lines. I just don't. I don't think they're designed for that. That's my personal opinion. Not that I'm down on that. I'm just saying, for me personally, I don't think God designed it that way. Come on, hello somebody. Now being nurses and being nurses in the military or things like that, absolutely. And Maybe you have to be a police officer to, because of women and that kind of thing. But I don't think they ought to be cruising by themselves out in the streets with the nutball demon-possessed people today. Come on, hello somebody. And I think also men should support their wives in, in their endeavors. They do hear from God too. Can you say amen? You have to have self, you know, you have to have enough confidence in yourself to trust also your wife. Can you say amen? amen? They're enthusiastic in a youthful attitude. You have to understand that humility is part of being velvet in nature. Humility. It's okay for men to cry. Amen. It's okay for men to show their emotions. It does not change your masculinity whatsoever. It makes you a man of velvet. It's okay to get upset. It's okay to talk to your heavenly father. The Bible says to go boldly before, before him and talk with him. Tell him your problems, gentlemen. Tell him your situations. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong to shed a tear. That's a real man. A real man cries. Jesus cried in the book of James, in the book of Hebrews. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He showed his velvet. He showed his velvet touch. Jesus was a man of steel and velvet. He didn't have power tools. Come on now. A man of velvet. Humility is part of that velvet nature. Not afraid to show emotions, laughter, and weeping. Does not have a hard heart, but a soft heart in his understanding. Men of steel only. They have no velvet touch. They become dictators like Napoleon and Caesar and Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini. They have a strong steel traits but lack velvet qualities such as character, refinement and tenderness. Each had qualities which inspired confidence and trust at first but their lack of character and crudeness, they are classified as enemies to mankind. Matt and I recently, last December, got a chance to go to Orlando 
and participate in the GST Level 1, which is Gracie Survival Tactics for Law Enforcement, Military, and Security. And we heard the F-bomb more than anything you could say from those officers. And those officers were about 130 of them. They were anywhere from CIA, FBI, uh, embassy, police, and everything. And then one of the instructors talked about it. And he actually said, you guys don't need to do it. And then one of the officers stood up and he said, I will never, ever say the F-bomb ever again. Never, never from what I learned this week. Remember that, Matt, when he did that? And all the other officers were like, wow, let's raise the standard. Let's raise the standard. If any standard that we raise must be biblical standard. If any standard that we have in the church is biblical standard. Any standard that we have as men is biblical standard. Listen, King David was a man's man. Come on now. But he was imperfect. But God saw his heart. The world looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on our hearts, gentlemen. He knows the struggles that you go through. He knows the pains that you go through. He took your pain. He took your sorrow on the cross. Jesus was a man's man, but he was also a man of steel and velvet. Jesus was the ultimate man of steel and velvet. He was a man of steel with the money changers. One day he walked into the temple... And he began to look around. He was like, what the heck is this? They're selling doves. They're selling goats. They're sell- oh, my gosh. The Bible says he left the temple for a while. And I bet you he began to think. He probably sat down, got him some strips of leather, about, oh, I'd say probably seven feet long or so. And he began to weave this whip putting chunks and all that kind of stuff. And he's probably thinking, these people have made my house a den of thieves. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to kick me some tail. I'm going to turn them tables over. I'm going to open up all them. And not one person when he walked in there challenged him. They were all, oh, he's got nunchucks, bro. I have to tell you a story on your pastor. Maybe you've never heard this story before. Many years ago, I was young and immature. Didn't have a lot of wisdom. I was a night maintenance guy at a mall. It was an outlet mall. And um, it was over, let's see, it was Horizon Park Shopping Center. And that particular day, Marie had come up to the mall and was sitting in the office. And I, in the, the stores inside the mall were shutting down. There was probably about, oh, I'd say 25 stores or so in, in this indoor mall. So I come out with my uniform and everything, my maintenance uniform, and I'm, I'm taking this big floor mop, dust mop, and I'm starting to dust the floors and all that kind of stuff. So I rounded the corner, and there was a group of guys, about six of them. They were loud. They were carrying on. So all of a sudden, I passed, I passed them as they were going, and one of them goes, Hey, Rico, hey, Rico, that, that guy, that, white, that red-headed white boy, he, laughed, he looked at you. What you going to do about that, Rico? He's like, you, you mean that guy right there? Yeah, and I'm, I ignored him, kept on going. Then all of a sudden, they made their way outside the front. And as they passed me, they said, Hey, man, we want to talk to you. I said, Okay, fine. So I put the mop handle, you know, I walked out the front door. When I walked out the front door, one of them came across and hit me in the jaw, boom, here. And then one of them tried to turn me around to frisk my pockets, and I hit his hand this way. And then I made my way back into the mall, backwards, through the doors. And then I got mad. took me a few seconds to get mad, but I got mad. So I went, and I told her, I said, stay in here. What are you doing? Just stay in here. I got some business to take care of. So I closed the door and I locked it. I went out to my car and I got a pair of nunchucks. And I stuck them right here in my back right here. So I walked out the mall and the mall was horseshoe shaped. Now, I don't recommend doing this today, but I did it. I'm telling you this story, okay? But I did it. So I walked down the hallway, made the, turned to the left to the right, couldn't see him, turned to the left, came to the right-hand turn. I didn't see him. I'm like, where'd these guys go? About six of them, right? So I walk outside the mall. I said, they're not even down on the sidewalk. So I went all the way down on the outside, peeped around the corner. I said, there they are. 
So all of a sudden, I was like, now I'm in the zone. <laughs> I'm in the zone now. I opened the one door, opened the other. They started coming at me. I went, oh, mess with me now. Oh, he's got jokes. They scattered like roaches. It was the most amazing thing. And I was, right? And then three of them left. Good choice. Praise God. Amen. Good choice. Y'all are looking at me like real. How many have never heard this story? Can I see your hand? How many have heard this story before? Oh, my gosh. That's because you've been with me for a long time. Praise God. Amen. Okay, so all of a sudden, I'm after one, right? And one came out of nowhere. I'm on three now. One on three. One came out of nowhere, hit me, slid across the floor. He grabbed the other end of the chuck. We started doing tug of war. I did a sidekick like this. He dropped it. He dropped that. And then he ran out. And then it's just me and one guy. So I'm, I got him like this, like this. He picks up an ashtray. Remember those ashtray cans? Heaves the ashtray. I duck. And all of a sudden, eight police cars, the helicopters <laughs> shows up. They all got out of the mall, right? And all, I, went back, I went back to the office to check on her, make sure everything was fine. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my gosh. And I put the chucks on the table. I didn't hide them. So when the officer came in, he goes, uh, Young man, I was 22 years old when this happened. Yeah, 22 years old. 53 now. So that was a long time ago. Praise God. Amen. And so uh, he says, uh, young man, he said, I understand that you used a pair of nunchucks. He said, you know those are legal? I said, yes, sir. Put them in the drawer closet. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. And then he goes, uh, so you, everything okay? I said, yeah. He said, uh, you ever thought about becoming a police officer? We could use you. Now, ah. I don't recommend doing that today, but I did do it. Come on, I was being nice. I was, you know, dusting the floors. And some big mouth named Rico wanted to. But you know what happened? This is this. For a few weeks, I was in fear to be alone. Yeah, because I, had, I would have to shut down everything. Because when I walked out the back door when the police were gone, my uh, driver's side window was busted out. These guys had went around and busted out. And come to find out, it was a guy that used to work there. And he was part of these, these gang kind of thing. And I was afraid. <laughs> Come on. One, one moment I killed 400 prophets of Baal, and now I'm running from a woman. Praise God. Amen. Hello. <laughs> Come on. Hello, somebody. You know, and then I had a dream, and God gave me a dream, and he assigned three huge angels to the facility. And I remember I would go upstairs, and I would pray in the mezzanine. When I get off work, I would pray in the mezzanine. I would get on my knees, and I'd pray. And I had a dream that there were three angels that, that God placed on the property and he spoke to me. He said, they won't, they're not going to come back. They'll never bother you. Amen. Well, I thought that was pretty scriptural because the Bible says there are more with us than they are with them. Can you say amen? And even one angel, come on, could wipe the seven billion people off the planet. Only one. So he assigned three. Can you say amen? amen. Sometimes, you know, gentlemen, you have to do what you have to do to protect your family. Yes or no? Yes, you do. You have to do what you have to do to protect your family. So the money changers were a man, a man of steel. A man of velvet was the woman he forgave that was called in adultery. Come on, hello. They tested Jesus. Did they not test Jesus? Yeah, put him to the test. So, uh, hey, Jesus... Our law says if a woman's caught in the very act of adultery, she's to be stoned to death. What do you say? So here, here's a man of velvet. He pauses and he thinks what he's going to say. So all of a sudden the Bible says he knelt down and he started writing in the dirt. Come on, Jesus, answer. The law says she's to be stoned to death. So all of a sudden he stands up and he says this. He who is without sin... Let him cast the first stone. That's a very interesting statement. Suddenly, they begin to drop the rocks from the oldest to the youngest. Now, isn't it interesting? Jesus was without sin. He could have cast the first stone. So what is that? That's a man of velvet. He said, where are your accusers? There's none, Lord. Go sin no more. That's a man of velvet. Can you say amen? You could have a strong hand, but a gentle touch. Jesus dealing with the religious leaders of that time was a man of steel. 
Say, you guys are full of dead men's bones. You swallow a camel and you choke on a gnat. Open your mouth as a dead sepulcher. Come on, hello somebody. He told it like it was, but he told it in love. Can you say amen? amen? I'll say that again. He told it like it was, but he told it in love. He told it like it was, but he told it in love. Somebody ought to put that on Facebook. Praise God. Amen. He told it like it was, but he told it in love. A man of steel is when he rose from the dead. And he defeated Satan and the demons. Took the keys of death and hell in the grave. Going to the cross was a man of steel. Willingly to go was a man of velvet. The Bible says, no man takes my life. I willingly lay it down. Today I'm in a room of men of steel and velvet. And if we're not, then this is a good place to change or become men of steel and velvet. In Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Here's some excuses that men make for not going to church. Number one, I don't have time. I'm too busy. Number two, church doesn't work for me. Ah, Number three, it's boring. Number four, it's irrelevant to my life. Number five, I don't like the pastor. Number six, I don't want to talk about it. Number seven, church is too long. Number eight, they ask for money too much. Number nine, church is for wimps. They use it as a crutch. Number ten, too many hypocrites there. Well, there's always room for one more. Always room for one more. Why do men make excuses? Because we fear we will lose our fun. We will fear... The way men think of Christianity is the way is something that they are not. Because the church is more feminine, men feel they are irrelate, you know, not relatable. That's okay. Listen, we've got a security team around here, gentlemen. You can join the security team. We have ushers here. We have martial art training. Please, if you're going to come to this church, you've got to be a man's man. Amen. I'm, saying, I'm telling you right now. And if you're not, we'll make you into one. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You have to understand, ladies, men are conquerors. They are warriors. They are fighters. It's in a man to fight. And we fight the good fight of faith. If we have to fight in the natural, it's for your protection. It's the protection of our homes. And we fight the good fight of faith in the spiritual. So that we constantly conquer Satan himself. Men are not perfect, but we are powerful. Society, our society, has emasculated men. Let me give you some strong men in the Bible. Samson, killing the Philistines, but committing fornication. Made a mistake. King David, conquering the nations. But he was a murderer and adulterer. But God said, he's a man after my own heart. Why is that? Because when he was called on the carpet for his mess, he said, the Lord my God. The Lord my God. King Saul said, the Lord your God. But King David said, the Lord my God. He recognized that when he was mistaken, that he was repentant. And God said, he's a man after my own heart. He's the apple of my eye. Saul, who became Paul. That's a great example of a man of steel and velvet. Saul was killing Christians. He actually thought that he was doing God a favor. Because the same God that you and I love was the God that he loved. Listen, it's okay to have a lot of passion, gentlemen. Even if it's misdirected passion, God will make the crooked path straight. He'll make the crooked path straight. If your heart is right, God will make the crooked path straight. One moment you got Peter cutting off ears. He was a concealed weapons permit holder. Why do do Christians have problems with guys carrying guns? I have no idea. With that problem, it's just religion. It's religion. We are Christians. We are not victims. Come on, hello. It's okay to defend yourself. Hello, somebody. You tried to get out of it. Hey, I don't want no trouble. But you want trouble, you just found them. Hello. And we can admit, you may be able to beat the crap out of me, but it's going to hurt you. Hello, somebody. Amen. I'm not the only one that's going to get hurt here. 
You can beat me up. I'm going to make it worth your while. Come on, hello, somebody. Hey, man, I don't have that invincible mentality. I don't think any man in here has the invincible mentality. But, man, we're going to make them pay for it. Make you earn it. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah. Ladies, you'll never understand men. Sorry. Men can get in the fight in the backyard and be best of friends forever. Praise God. Amen. I got you, bro. It's good, man. Bloody nose, black eye and everything. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Let's go get something to eat. That's just the way, that's just the way we are. We're built that way. Ladies, I mean, you guys, you know, who hold grudges. My God. Help, we're going to pray for y'all. Men, pray for them women. <laughs> It's like like years. Have you you forgiven that person? No. My God, it's been 25 years. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. Guys, we'll we'll get out there. We'll bust each other up and be friends. That leads me to another story. Praise God. Amen. I'll take another story. This is my youngest son, Josh, and my oldest son, John. And... uh, we were in Lead Hill, Arkansas. Lead Hill. It was the hills of Arkansas. They still have steel, still, still runners. Yeah, stills. Rum runners. Moonshiners. Yeah, that's what it is. They still got them up there in them hills, right? So they had, I guess it was, what was it called? Lead Hill Day or what was it? Something day. Turkey Day or something, they would they would fly a helicopter over a field and drop out like twenty five turkeys out of the air out of the helicopter, and you had to run and catch catch them. There were live turkeys, not frozen, live, <laughs> live turkey. And then you call and you get to take it home, right? And they dug this uh, they dug this mud pit with a backhoe. It was huge and filled it with water. The fire truck came out and filled it with water. And I was invited to be a speaker at their Lead Hill Day. And every year when they did this, they threw the speaker in the mud hole. So I caught wind that that was coming. And so I'm watching my back big time. I'm watching my six. I'm going to tell you right now. Not my 12, my six. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) So I'm watching my... And all of a sudden I thought, okay, you know. And sometimes I would just sit in the truck for a little while because there was a bunch of them that were going to get me. A bunch. All right. So I thought, okay, this is cool. It's getting later in the day. So I kind of just sat out of the truck and I went underneath the pavilion. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm back up against the table. All right. Well, all of a sudden, eight guys show up, grab me. And I'm like, gentlemen, I said, let me take my watch off. Let me take my shoes off. And let me take, you know, whatever I need so I don't get it all messed up, right? So they let me take my shoes off, and then I tried to flip over the back of the table, and they caught me. So now I'm holding on to this table, right? And there's three guys trying to pull me off the table because I'm praying, Lord, give me the strength of Samson. Praise God, amen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm praying, right? Well, then the bad part was is that my jeans... <laughs> okay. And then I, and then everybody cleared out. I don't, you know, when they said, oh, <laughs> pull pastor's jeans off with the boxer shorts. This just wouldn't be good. They'd be singing that song, Blue Moon, I saw you standing alone. <laughs> Praise God. So finally, I let go of the table, right? And I stood up, and there was like five of them left. Out of nowhere, my two sons come running. All of a sudden, Josh, I don't know if he flew over me or you flew through the air. He headbutted the youth pastor. Bam! <laughs> headbutted the youth pastor. John, he's fighting and all that kind of stuff. Now we're down to just four guys. It was eight. Now we're down to four. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I had to calm Josh down because he was getting angry. He was going to fight the youth pastor. Get off of me, man. <laughs> so then now it dropped down to three. And then ultimately, and what happened was is they were carrying me. I had one leg here, one leg here, and one. And so I kind of twisted in the air and I caught the pastor's knee. Bam. And he fell on the ground. So now we have two, just two. And finally, I said, okay, fine. So they came and they hauled me over to the thing. And I said, I don't care which one are going with me, but one of you 
are coming with me. I'll go in, but I'm not going in alone. So it was the youth pastor that finally went in. They ripped, they ripped my big toe toenail off. Yeah. It's, so, get the, so the next morning I'm like all sore. And I saw the pastor walking in. He was like. <laughs> so he gets up behind the pulpit and he goes, well, I just have to say. We hillbillies didn't think you city slickers had it in you. Praise God. <laughs> he said, you've all given us a brand new impression about them city folk. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So sometimes you just got to take care of business. Right, gentlemen? Yeah. That's right. Because we're men of steel and velvet. Ripped my toenail off. And he had his leg all banded. It was swollen and everything. Man, it was so much fun. <laughs> had fun that day. How do we change the atmosphere to be more relatable to men? There has to be a balance. Praise and worship is a key element for men. It's a key element, gentlemen. Lifting your hands to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the captain of the host. We are an army, guys. We are. We are a military. And we show respect to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. There is a day that he's coming back riding a white horse. With a sword. And a shield. Being men of steel and velvet. We'd be steel when we need to be steel, but we'd be velvet when we need to be velvet. Worship is a real key. Praise is about God's exploits. Worship is because who He is and it's to Him. Men like, don't like to be pressured to pray out loud, ladies. And ladies, I know this. You, it's going to shock you. But listen, we don't like holding hands with other men. <laughs> let's gather up, gentlemen, let's hold hands. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Come here, baby. So some guys will do this, though. This, they'll go, I ain't holding your hand, dude, but I'll just put my hand right there. Right? Praise God. We're good right there, just like that. Men, men like to be side by side. We don't like to be like this. Women like this. <laughs> men? <laughs> You're a man of velvet if you can listen to your wife talk for five hours without interruption. Just say, mm-hmm. That's great, baby. That's awesome. Love you. Wow. Thank you. That's nice, baby. Good. Yeah, baby. That's really good. Awesome. Are you listening to me? I am. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm serious. Men don't like to hold hands. You're like, <laughs> Pinky hold hands. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I'm going to get. No, just men are, men, men are unique that way. We're just, you know, <laughs> we're just that way. Men don't like to be pressured. Ladies, stop pressuring your man. Listen to me. If he's reading his Bible, hello? If he's going to church, he's serving God, you got the best. Amen. Amen. I'm serious. Don't put pressure on him. That was a great place, ladies, to say amen. amen. Don't put pressure on him. He's serving the Lord. He's not serving the Lord the way you serve the Lord. Sometimes that guy likes to go out in the backyard or go out in the woods or go sit in his truck or car or something like that to get away and talk to the Lord. That's just, the way he does. That's just the way he is. Maybe sometimes he's in his closet on his knees. And listen, ladies, if you don't see him, doesn't necessarily mean he's not. Come on, hello. Just because you don't see him doing it doesn't mean he's not. If he's telling you, come on, baby, get the kids ready, let's go to church, then you know he's living right. Or he's endeavoring to work in that direction. It's not perfect. Amen. Strong men, leaders will draw strong men. Strong men, leaders will draw strong men. Strong ministers will draw strong men's leadership. There has to be a defined vision. Men want to be a part of vision that is going somewhere and doing something that they can be a part of. That's just in the nature of a man. So gentlemen, let me tell you what's here. We win souls here. We go on missions trips here. We have a Bible college here. You can get an accredited degree here. Hello. I find Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 really fun doing martial arts. Amen. 
especially jujitsu. I like it. You don't have to be a real strong physically man to be able to do jujitsu. It's designed that way. Like doing that. Like going and shooting. I like guns. I'm sorry. I just do. I like guns. Amen. I think they're real cool. And I have a lot of them. Amen. Amen. I like my concealed weapons permit. Praise God. Amen. I like it. My pastor carries. Pastor Rodney carries. The whole staff carries. I mean, there's some things we need to get over. Oh, but Dr. Jack, doesn't the Bible say those that live by the sword die by the sword? <laughs> Let me tell you what that is. That was a Jewish idiom. When you look at it, it was a Jewish idiom. It meant this. Those that live by violence or get their living by violence will die by violence. Let me say that one more time. That verse in the Bible that says, those that live by the sword, die by the sword, was a Jewish idiom saying this. If you get your living by violent things, by acts of violence, you will die by an act of violence. Oh, well, how's that today? Go rob a convenience store with a gun, and I guarantee you in the United States of America, especially Florida, you probably end up meeting a concealed weapons permit holder and get shot. Come on, hello. Jesus sent out the 70 the first time and he said this, take no cloak with you, extra cloak, take no extra bag with you, whatever town you enter into, you go into a home, leave your peace there if they accept you. The second time he sent them out, watch this, and Peter said, oh, we have two swords, is that sufficient? He said, yes. Jesus said, take your plowshares and turn them into swords. I think Jesus was prophesying of the future. Peter Cartwright was an awesome man of God. He was six foot one and he carried a six shooter on his side. And he went and preached the gospel. It is okay for Christians to protect themselves. If somebody strikes me on the cheek for Jesus' sake, I will turn the other cheek. For Jesus' sake. But if somebody wants to attack me or my family to hurt them or to kill them or to do something, I will become unrelentless in my endeavor. The big difference between persecution and Jesus and then somebody wants to hurt you and hurt your family. I might even let you strike me on the cheek once, but if you pursue me to hurt me, I'm going to defend myself and defend my family. I believe it's biblical. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So today I'm standing in a room with men of steel and velvet. How can men reach their community more? Running for office, chamber of commerce, honor police and fire departments, jail ministry. I know that Brother Don has a jail ministry. He goes once, once a month on a Sunday. Yeah. Talk with him, gentlemen. If you feel like you want to minister to men, you have that calling, talk with Brother Don. He, he does jail ministry. He can help you in that. Serving in the church. Like we have an usher team here. We have a security team. We'd like for you guys to be a part of that. Please sign up for that. Not that we don't want ladies, but ladies, you can be the cloth ladies and you can be the greeters and you can be the pretty pretty at the door. Praise God. Amen. We'll take care of the back office. Praise God. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 So today I'm standing in a room with men of steel and velvet. Thank you, gentlemen, for leading your families. Thank you for who you are created in the image of God. Can you say Amen. Come on, everybody stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. I hope you were encouraged by that message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every head better, every eye closed, if you would, please. Father, I just thank you for each and every man in this room. And Father, I thank you that these guys are serving you with all of their hearts. Father, whatever need that they have in their lives, I pray that you meet it physically, financially, emotionally. Whatever they need. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.